2: Just pretend I'm Matthew and Nicholas for the sake of this opening bit.
3: Do do you want me to draw a moustache on you?
2: Look in my eyes. What do you see? CM Punk living rent-free. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen D.A.D. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review Podcast. If you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode. And tell us, I can't believe he kicked out of so many muscle busters. And send in your Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support or read out every single one of them over five US dollars before the end of the show.
3: But where's the psychology?
2: Well, it's it's on cage match, I presume. (laughs) Our opening topic today for this episode, which, by the way, I thought was one of my favorite episodes of AEW in ages, mm. I love this episode. Sure, I've got my little niggles here and there, but overall, I thought it was fantastic.
3: Yeah, I, I yeah, I thought this was a, a pretty good episode of this show. Like, why do you hate wrestling, Luke? Yeah, well, I I thought the show was like very, quite good, pretty good actually. I thought all the the uh, the wrestling was really good. I think I'm just kind of a bit down on the Undisputed Kingdom at the moment. Yeah, like that that's you know from what was supposed to be the the big high of that. We were actually talking about the the successful buy rate that World End got, and I think a lot of that can be attributed to the Devil. Storyline and the culmination of the devil storyline. I think the follow up to it has been pretty weak source. So that was kind of sort of like put me under downer. But then that main event was just so incredibly great that I'm like, oh yeah, maybe it is an all timer dynamite.
2: But he kicked out of the muscle buster. (laughs) So we've got, we'll talk about that later. What we wanted to open on is probably my other favourite thing from this episode. And that is the young bucks with their tashes and their little. Poncey Suits, sitting down for a backstage interview pre-recorded with Rene Paquette. And they established their new heel personas in this. They said, don't call us Nick and Matt anymore. We're not the young bucks. We are. for executive vice presidents of this company. You call us
3: by our God-given names, Matthew and Nicholas.
2: And what they're getting across is... Well, what I got from it really is they are demented heels who legitimately created this company along with Tony Khan and a select few others. And now it has veered off away from them. But rather than be a baby face and try and get it on track, they're obsessing about things that they might have caused or whatever. So they're the heels in this scenario you're, you're a new person to AEW, or you're not like it was in the good
3: old days. It's quite incredible that this is a, more or less a parody of what people have been wanting from the Bucks. When people talk about what AEW is, I was like, I miss the AEW of 2019. It doesn't feel like it's the same promotion that it did in 2019.
2: No, no one says that about 2019. <laughs> to 2020 to 2022.
3: But, but, well, you know, it doesn't feel like the same yeah. company as it did five years ago. It, it feels like a company that's, that's moved on from its its grassroots. And people are looking at that as sort of, you know, a bit of a negative on the company. And the, Young bucks, the Young Bucks just don't feel as good as they did when they were there. Kenny doesn't feel as good as he did when this company first started. So they've taken those sort of like fan criticisms against the product or sort of fan gripes and have turned that into characters. They're now corporate bucks. Oh. They're the corporate versions of themselves, being like, we're the uh, executive vice presidents of this place. There's a moment when they're talking about, see, when we started AEW, you weren't there, Renee. <laughs> 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 and they're talking about like these. The, the other thing, you know, this is one of the things that Dave Meltzer has complained about the, the product as of late is a lot of older guys coming in, guys like Adam Copeland and Ric Flair. And so, you know, there's so much focus on these older guys, and there's not much the younger talent that wants there. And again, the Bucks have turned that as a part of their character. Be like, a lot of these old guys are around here now, but they weren't there at the beginning, you know? And so I feel like we need to get rid of them.
2: And this ties into sort of the more explosive, controversial part of this storyline, which is they're talking about Sting. At the end of the last episode, they walked out when Tony Schiavone asked Sting, well, who's your last match going to be against? Hmm. So it's obviously going to be the Bucks. Versus Sting and Darby Allen, yeah. which is all but confirmed on this episode,
3: I believe. Yes, you, you keep going. <laughs> I'm just going to quickly just check something on the the mixing desk.
2: Okay, and they—he's throwing me now. Sorry. He's gone over there. What's wrong with my voice? Shall no, I speak no, quieter, no, quieter or, mic, quiet. or just don't speak? Um. So they're talking about Sting and Matt Jackson, or sorry, Matthew has this to say, and he he talks. In a totally new way, he's really yeah. gruff. He's got this like gruff, gruff of voice, like yeah. a veteran. And he says, and I quote here, We were changing the world. Somewhere along the way, we did lose our way. It was like the culture shifted. I'm just going to pause. This is Ollie speaking again. Who said change the culture? That was a CM Punk thing. Back to Matthew. And the toxicity creeped into the locker rooms. Yes. You know,
3: yeah, it's
2: yeah. a CM Punk thing. The perception of the company was just different. It was just different. I think I know why. I think it's because we started to lean on yesterday's self-serving, superficial, cancerous superstars. Superstars being a key word there. And cancerous, with that's what Seth Rollins called CM Punk famously. You mentioned Sting. This isn't about Sting. Sting is none of those things. (laughs) Sting is great. He's a role model employee. Yeah. So this is Matthew and Nick Jackson saying, probably filtered through loads of legal wrangling about what they can and can't say. Just like, yeah, this is our heel persona, but it is very much rooted in our feelings about a certain former employee of this company.
3: But it's also kind of smart to lean into, you know, the the character's history, or like taking real life history and real life stuff and moving it into these heel characters and kind of the way that it works I for me obviously the fact that i thought the promo was great unto itself and i but i think the, the, the content of it is great is that it's not you don't need to know the inside baseball of it you don't need mm. to know like we're in the weeds with all of this so we know like a lot of what they're referring to but you don't need to know that this is a cm punk thing to get what the character is
2: are you excited about the bucks using this part of real life in their characters and storylines
3: we spoke about this slightly earlier I am probably one of the only people in the world that thought corporate Kane was a great <laughs> gimmick and so i'm I'm fully on board with Did you think,
2: uh, well you, you think a lot of things are great yeah. and some things are great mm-hmm. other things are TNA reverse by roads. <laughs> so what where on the scale of corporate Kane does does this fall?
3: he's it's Kane mm. but he's now in slacks. Like that's that's the joke of it is that it's Kane the guy that was you know from hellfire mm. and brimstone and now he's in suit trousers. Oh no I get it I get yeah. it.
2: But is uh is it Kong Skull Island right is <laughs> is that is that what you're comparing Corporate Kane to, or or no, is
3: or is it more TNA great? It's more TNA great, it, yeah, okay. I, I suppose in a way. But I thought Corporate Kane was a fun gimmick because it's Kane, but he's now in trousers. Yes, again, I
2: think yeah we've established that. But yeah, yeah,
3: that's that, that's
2: the gap. I guess he's wearing trousers. He's yeah. wearing trousers yeah.
3: now, yeah, and he didn't previously. Mm. Like he used to wrestle. In, oh, yeah. he used to wrestle in boots. Yeah. Now he's wrestling in shoes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know why you keep explaining this. <laughs> because so my point i'm making is that he I, wore trousers he wore trousers but the idea of corporate bucks like when they showed up last week we had a few people we like they did look like total knobs and i'm like yeah and they're supposed to look like total knobs they're called the young bucks like they're supposed to be knobs and now they look like even more knobbish and they're these corporate suits that are, are like you know dressing like tools have got silly mustaches and, you know, the, the end of this promo is Nick Jackson being like, sorry, we've got to go. I've had an email. Mm. We've got to go and do business meetings because we're, we're serious. That's the other thing they kept saying as well. It's like, we're serious people, Renee.
2: I think, they're re- yeah, they're really striking the balance of being a heel and using this element of real life, which is the CM Punk in fiasco, and it not coming off as off-putting. Yeah, because it could like you know when Punk came back to AEW and he said the counterfeit bucks line, I was like, oh god, yeah, not this. I'm not like getting the, that with this. Uh, the
3: peg warmers <clears throat> thing with with Hangman Page.
2: I'm far more excited because of what you said that that is just a a footnote to a kayfabe direction that this quite exciting new heel act can go, because there's been rumors and speculation that Brandon Cutler. Could be part of this, mm-hmm. and also a couple of months ago, they said Colt Cabana as well. Imagine Colt cabana corporate Cabana, brand corporate Cutler, with the with Matthew and Nicholas. Yeah, corporate Nakazawa.
3: <gasps>
2: <laughs> well, you already had the clipboard and the that's, exactly, that, yeah. that plays.
3: So I I think there could be a lot of entertainment to come from this uh, as our resident and Punk fan mm. uh, in the room. How do you feel about this? Because I think that there is... I mean, I've, I've seen some people in the live chat say this as well. I don't need references to CM Punk within AEW. It is, it's is—it's petty, it's redundant, it's pointless. Where do you stand?
2: I would usually agree with those people. Um, I think this was done so well, and it wasn't... I mean, it, it was pretty freaking on the nose, actually. But it wasn't the whole point. I thought by the end... I wasn't left so much with, oh, that was such a cheap, lazy CM Punk thing. Can't we just move on from that? I felt like we were moving on because now we've got heel bucks. They look and sound awesome. And at the end of it, they kind of establish potentially a legend killer approach. They said, look, Sting, he's one of these. He's not that kind of bad guy, but he's someone who's come in after the glory days. So we're going to take him out. And that, and you're like, oh, who else could they do this to? copeland
3: maybe this is where you get the edge and christian versus young bucks feud that's from. what i've written there i was like that feels like a, a logical end point mm. to this is bucks versus edging christian
2: So should we see what you'll think on the Omega Chats? WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Please get in every, get them in because we'll read out every single one over five US dollars. I've lost my document. Oh, Here it is. Here it is.
3: He's got it. He's got it, everyone. Uh,
2: Riga says, best part of the Bucks promo is intentional hypocrisy, getting rid of self-serving cancers before immediately flaunting using their EVP powers to do what they want and serve their own legacy. Punk is just the jumping off point they're the cancer great stuff that's a really good point that i wasn't actually trying to make
3: but is that's the key isn't it yeah they're the actual mm. they're the assholes uh, in this the other thing as well is you know we talked about this last week that the bucks being revealed as sting's uh final opponents a lot of people like trust the bucks to put themselves into this position it's a, it's a waste of sting's last match as it's transpired in the week this was sting's request sting wanted he got to hand pick his final opponents. He doesn't want to do singles matches, so he wanted to be against the Bucks, and the reason for that is exactly what you and I said mm-hmm. last week. It'll probably be the best match possible, yeah. is to go up against the Bucks. Has this made you more excited? Uh, Yeah, oh, definitely. Because
2: last week it was just, okay, it's the Bucks with moustaches versus Sting and Derby. This week, I'm like, this is a story. Because one of the apprehensions last week when we talked about it was oh yeah, the Bucks, they do great matches, but the stuff in between, it's its pretty often subpar and disappointing, unless it's with the Elite. But now they, they're they starting this journey. I'm like, I'm really excited. Also attached to this, Sting and Darby Allin had a video package where they said they're going to win the AEW tag team titles.
3: Which suggests this could be a tag team title match. What
2: you said last
3: week. What I said last week. The other thing I thought about with darby in this story now is he's a day one guy
2: Mm. the
3: buck's trying to appeal to darby like why have you been wasting your time tagging with this old man yeah he wasn't here at the beginning not like we not like you and i we brought you into this company
2: well i can't wait to see them interact with the united uh undisputed kingdom because they're all technically new people. They are good friends with Adam Cole, though. Yeah. Bit of a riff there.
3: Problem is, you'd have to get the United um, Kingdom on TV. I keep calling... Them, I, yeah, I do the same. I've called I them the United the Kingdom. And I've also called them the United Empire. That was the, I kept calling them that in the office. Andy Sandbox says,
2: A lot of good to great content on the show, on the Bucks. Nicholas and Matthew immediately got me into what they are doing, and I'm excited to see how they take this angle going forward. But I do think the community's non-stop directing everything back to what happened with Punk will be a detriment to this entire thing. We're going to create more toxicity by continuing to connect the punk, the Bucks with Punk, and we should move on. You can't get to this character change without addressing it. I know we all... I know we all that they could have done this gimmick change while Punk was around, but the Bucks and the Elite have actually always been pretty meticulous with where their characters go, I feel. They didn't want to work with Punk because they were getting the Elite back together. They asked for six months of no drama. That couldn't happen, but everyone wanted the Bucks to be healed, and we are there now. There's no reason to continue bringing up Punk. P.S. You can't bust Hook's muscles. Makes sense he kicked out a lot.
3: Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there it's using punk as the jumping off point Mm. like we may get some more like allusions to it down the line but it's also not integral to the characters to constantly bring it up it's just been used as a impetus for this heel character change but you don't and actually it's not even just that it's also jericho and and kenny's little mini feud that he had uh, they had with them as well the temper tantrums they were throwing on tv like the last time we saw them was throwing a temper tantrum right Re- can Renee reference that mm. in his promo so it's like yeah that was that was the old young bucks we're now serious people and that's kind of fueled this character change as well it's not just the punk thing
2: Booking Like a Mark says, although I love the new presentation of the Young Bucks, I feel this is the wrong story for Revolution. They're going to be facing Darby, one of the four pillars, and Sting, who will be leaving after the match anyways. I don't understand their motivation. They they quite clearly laid it out. Sting is one of these old people who's come in. They're going to start picking them off. And as Luke said, you've got that nice tension with Darby, who is a day one person. And that's your story going in. It's, I'd be curious to see, now now I've seen this, I want the Bucks to win.
3: Well, yeah, I, mean, I certainly if the tag titles are on yeah. the line, you'd presume that they will win, which means, and that's kind of what I was hoping for last week, is a, a, kick, a re-kickstart to the tag division.
2: Whipster 180, finally for now, says, calling it now, the Young Bucks will also retire. Edge and Christian. Mm-hmm. <whistles> That'd be big. Here's the play-by-play version. Fittingly, play-by-play, we're going to start with Ian Riccobani on commentary. Yay! Filling in for Tony Schiavone. I did miss Shivani, but... Riccobani was good. I thought Riccobani was great. And um, from the start of this episode, they had this really good hype video package of Samoa Joe versus Hook. And then they cut to backstage, showing them arriving for the day. I thought the overall presentation of the big fight feel was on point.
3: So same thing kinda of happened on Raw this mm. week, which is that like you're going into a match which is Seth versus Jinder for the world heavyweight title, a lad that, you know, hasn't really been on TV much, has been chumpetized the previous two weeks and now is hasn't had a win in a, over a year. But they spent the majority of the show making it feel like it was a big deal and you need to watch the third hour to see this. And I thought uh, much like that, they did everything they could to give this a big fight feel.
2: It's a smart decision. Uh we had our opening match. Calm down, Dan, in advance. <laughs> Christian versus Dustin Rhodes for the TNT title. Um, this was a really good opening match. Christian did a lot of stuff here. He did his big sort of TNA jump off the top rope to the outside. We got Canadian Destroyers from Dustin Rhodes. Christian went to use the title at one point. Referee confiscated it. It was just a setup to attack Dustin. And Nick Wayne sort of came in, reversed a small package. Nick Wayne keeps distracting the referee. at backfires. Gold Dust hits Shattered Dreams. A crossroads for an insanely close near fall. The crowd all thought it was three. I thought it was three. Yep. I checked back. It was
3: just in the legal limit. It's an incredible 2.99 kick out. Uh,
2: Rhodes starts to beat up Nick Wayne and kill switch outside. That's sort of enough for him to get back in. Christian hits a spear and a kill switch kick
3: out the crowd thought that was the finish
2: so christian hit a second kill switch to win
3: yeah not a good night for finishers (laughs) i read in my notes here that was way better than it needed to be Mm -hmm. like it's it's christian versus dustin Rhodes. like it is a just more stepping stones to give christian some wins on tv to build to the copeland rematch this match didn't need to be this good (laughs) but it was and yeah, yeah, I, I had a great time with this. Do you think because
2: of all the TNA rebranding that uh, Dustin Rhodes should have come out as Black Black Rain here?
3: Yeah, yeah as Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, as the O.S.W. boys once referred to him. <laughs> <as>. <laughs> uh,
2: after that, we got Renee talking to Swerve Strickland backstage. I thought Renee's performance throughout the entire show was brilliant. She was earning her paycheck tonight as well. A lot of microphone holding and answering quest, asking questions.
3: It might just be because we're currently watching Royal Rumble 2014 for Wrestle Talk Extra, but like night and day difference between Renee Paquette in AEW and Renee Young in WWE, who is just, who may as well just be a mic stand.
2: What do you call Renee Paquette 10 years ago?
3: Renee Younger.
2: <laughs> um, so yeah, during this bit, she's kind of, turning away from Swerve, really getting over how intense this guy's mm. sort of charisma is. And Swerve talks about watching the main event closely. Renee asks him about Hangman. Swerve puts over Hangman huge. Like, he's amazing. If God himself came down, I'd give Hangman a bit of a chance to beat him. But I'm better. I've beaten him twice already. I don't need to beat him a, a third time.
3: The way Swerve set all of this up I thought was fantastic which was, I you know, I saw everything that he did. He beat Adam Cole. He beat Brian Danielson. He beat Kenny Omega. If he had a fight with God, I think he'd have a fighting chance. But he couldn't beat me. <laughs> Instantly putting himself like, I'm better than Omega. I'm better than Danielson. I'm better than God. JBL. I'm better than Hangman Page yeah. and I don't need to do it again. But all,
2: like this is the great thing about Swerve. He's saying that, but we all know he does want to fight Hangman Page again. They can't keep their hands off each other. Yeah, but I also think he doesn't want to, which is why he walked away last week. He doesn't want to. He needs he to. He um, We got a Rene interview with Hangman Page a few segments later, and Hangman Page, he's just like,
3: i I don't think about swerve i'm I'm never thinking about swerve strickland yeah
2: but also before that renee says i've got hangman page here for a uh, scheduled interview (laughs) because page this year has just been interrupting (laughs) renee interview after renee interview i love that bit of passive aggression And
3: yeah, yeah, The Hangman's like, I'm
2: going to go for Joe. No, I don't think about Swerve.
3: I'm never thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. it's never on my mind.
2: The Hangman doth protest. <laughs> really good stuff. Yeah. Uh,
3: after that, we got <laughs> another Renee interview. Told you, she earned her paycheck tonight. We've, like, this is our fourth Renee segment that we uh-huh. talked about in this is a show. We're 22 minutes in.
2: I think this will go down as my favorite. Because it's Renee interviewing Chris Jericho backstage. Chris Jericho had just lost a uh, uh, battle of the was it it was battle of the belts it, not collision
3: yeah they buried it on battle of the belts um, but yeah I mean it looked like a, a wild brawl I haven't seen the match mm. um, but it looked like it was a, a fun brawl around the building
2: and they lost in the last moment because of powerhouse Hobbs
3: interference and tokester I believe mm. as well
2: so Jericho is like mourning about that he's 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 down he's annoyed with Hobbs and the Callus family for keeping mm. on doing that to him. And then Matt Sidell interrupts. Yeah. And he sort of steps into shot, really plucky, and says, I know you, Chris. This isn't you. I've known you for a long time. You should get out there again and get a win and wrestle in the ring. Hey, why don't you fight me?
3: (laughs) And Jericho was like, credits to Jericho. He he said his name because in his mind, he's like, people might not know who this kid is. So he's like, I know you matt Sidal
2: <laughs> and he. all or- but then he also said some say you were born, born for this born to do this born, t- born. born for this <laughs> evan born <Baunt. Evan> <laughs> <laughs> but i and then it was like yeah i'll fight you on rampage right here in uh where were they a- uh, south was, carolina yeah south carolina um, South, They're not old. North Carolina. Yep. And they just, this was just such an awkward segment because you know, of course, there's like all these other awkward bits going on. And that that Jericho, I could see him saying it through gritted teeth. Yeah. I guess I'll fight you on <laughs>
3: rampage. rampage. <laughs> Burying my matches again, are we? Put, always putting Jericho on the shows that no one's watching. <laughs> But also, Matt Seidel,
2: I, I don't think he can escape this uh, terrible delivery of lines.
3: <laughs> <laughs> In the same way, the Hardys can't get out of the Rampage uh, yeah. vortex, Matt Seidel is stuck within his high school acting yeah. vortex. I was just, yeah, okay. No, no, his name isn't Evan Bourne. <laughs> is that what you're checking? No, it's not what I was checking. I was trying to find out. Apologies if it looked like I wasn't listening to you. I was listening intently. I was trying to find out when Jericho started feuding with the Don Callis family. What have been about?
2: It was when Don was going to recruit him for a bit. So what's that, like June
3: 2022? August 2023. Is oh, when, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I meant 2023. Which means Jericho has just been feuding with the Don Callis family since August, and has won most of the matches that he's been a part of, particularly the matches that ended the feud, when they did the like a dragon street fight, well, yeah, well,
2: that's that's the Jericho way. You feud with someone for eight months and you always beat
3: them. I'm sort of done with that though. <sighs> yes, I, yeah, yeah, we all are. I don't need to see him beat Hobbs. I don't need to see him beat Takeshita again. Which he pointed out in this promo, like Takeshita, I've already beaten you in Japan, mm. classic match. So I'll just do that again, I guess. I what I what has happened here is that. They were going to move on. They probably were going to win the tag belts. They were like him and Kenny. They were probably going to go on and feud with the Bucks or like feud with whoever it was going to be. And then they would break up and then he would do Kenny and Jericho as a singles feud, probably for Wembley or All Out or something like that. But then Kenny got hurt. So Jericho was like, I guess I'll just go back to the Callis feud then. Like, I guess I'll just work with Don Callis more. Do you think... It would have been
2: St- uh, Sting and Darby versus Kenny and Jericho uh, if um, they were the tag champions. Um, and the, yeah. the tag belts were going to get involved at Revolution.
3: Maybe that Sting and Darby would have beaten them, and that's what it would have fueled the turn. Maybe it was going to be Jericho and Kenny at Revolution, like that was mm. the singles match they had planned. But I'm, I'm, you know, I would have thought they were going to win the tag belts from uh, Ricky and Big Bill. Yeah, definitely. But now, but they're not doing that, so he's just like, Pfft. should I beat Tekestra again?
2: Evan Bourne, <laughs> Bourne. Uh, after that, we had Best Friends versus Pentering Commander. it was a great match, really, yeah, really yeah, fun. Orange Cassidy, um, Trent has this real aggression about him at the moment, mm-hmm. which is really exciting to watch. Lots of early good stuff with Pentering Cassidy with the hands in the pockets and the zero miedo, and yeah, really good. Cassidy saved Trent in the end, taking out um, like putting himself in harm's way from a penta thing and hit the beach break and yeah they won they're gonna do the hug but then roderick strong and the kingdom interrupt
3: yeah and i think this we had the opportunity here for a really good moment uh that i think was slightly undone with the choice that was then made because what happened was is that roddy was letting cassidy know Oh, I'm going to be coming for the international championship. I want a match with you for the international championship. You're a fighting champion. I want my shot at that belt. And Cassie was like, "Yeah, all right, we'll do it now." After the tag match he just wrestled. After the tag match he's just wrestled. Roddy takes off his t-shirt casty goes to get his armband to put it back on because that's he needs that to power up the the orange punch Mm -hmm. if you take it off then you know you need to recharge it's like godzilla's atomic breath i just saw minus one the other night it's it's a perfect movie and i haven't stopped thinking about it um and Roddy was like no it won't be tonight it'll be in six weeks time (laughs) (laughs) revolution because i want to do this on pay-per-view And that means you've now got six weeks of knowing that I'm going to be (laughs) winning the international championship off of you.
2: Yeah. I don't understand
3: that. I don't. Well, I guess I understand the reasoning. I don't buy it. That's, that's the the key to it. like, I can see what you're going for here as a character thing of like, no, if I'm going to win this title, I want it to be on pay-per-view. I want it to be on the, when I'm going to get the biggest payday possible out of this. I want to play mind games with you because I want to ruin your life and then take your title which is kind of what they did with MJF. Mm -hmm. It was all about ruining his life, then Mm -hmm. taking his title from him. That sort of feels like that's their MO. But also at the same time, you could have just won the international championship right then and there, which would have also probably ruined his life somewhat and you'd have taken his title, which means you'd have accomplished what you set out to do. So I get it. I just don't think it's the most... I think this storyline is moving at a glacial pace and that is hurting the Undisputed Kingdom.
2: Yeah, the Undisputed Kingdom, I love their first promo. Like, it's the first segment of the year of Dynamite. Like, great, we're setting up 2024 as this clean slate. Let's see where this new top heel act are going to go. Because Bullet Club Gold, they want to attack them. The Acclaimed want to attack them. And then the few weeks afterwards, it's just been a little promo here, a squash match for Roddy here. And they promised me that they're going to change this company. Yet here they are doing generic copy and paste wrestling feuds. There's why didn't Bullet Club Gold try to jump them here? Yeah. Why isn't there a target still on their back? And I agree. Like they said, I I don't did he actually say I want to wrestle you on pay per view? Yeah, he did. Well, I just go one step further and say because that is how we make the most money. Mm-hmm. Don't go full CM Punk. I'm not here to make. friends Friends, i'm here to make money
3: i've had to put that onto the promo in order to try and find what the character justification is for this
2: because then if you start to frame the undisputed kingdom as this this they're motivated but motivated by money oh that's actually quite different from the rest of the aw roster that is the change that i see there but they didn't do that they're just i want the title well if you want the title you could have probably won it right now Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd, this Undisputed Era stuff, and we had another promo later on, just a quick backstage thing of Adam Cole saying, Wardlow's going to beat everyone, and then he's coming for the title. I'm like, I've heard that three times now.
3: Yeah, and I think we've lost some of that Wardlow magic in there as well. You know that first week promo where Wardlow had that little sort of smirk of like, yeah, all right, I'm, yeah, sure, then I'll hand it across to Adam Cole. I feel like we've lost some of that along the way as well.
2: Yeah, so... This this undisputed kingdom storyline is not working for me at the moment. It's, it's unfortunately injury. quite mid. It is hurt by injury, but I mean, I said just have Roddy win the title on that first episode.
3: At least something would have changed.
2: Yeah, um, but I read really that. Yeah, it's moving at such a glacial pace. One that's the only really like thing I didn't like on this show though.
3: Yeah, I'd say so. <clears throat>
2: because up next we have Mark Briscoe coming out, and he said it's a year. From when I lost my brother, Jay, I was like, oh, my God, it's been a year. That feels like a lot longer ago. And he's they play a wonderful sort of video package up top. And Mark's getting emotional. And he says he's how his niece was in the car, Jay's daughter. And then the doctors told her she'd never walk again. But here she is. And she
3: walks out. And it was incredibly moving TV. Yeah. I've written my notes here. Didn't think I'd cry on the tube this morning, but here we are, because I watched this on my on the, mm. the tube coming in. And yeah, just I was trying so hard to fight back the tears and then try to hide the fact that I was crying on the Jubilee line. Um you know, which I think is probably a, a, a regular sight that people probably see on yeah. that line. It's a depressing line. I mean it's not the baker bakerloo's more of a depressing
2: Ooh, line. Oh Bakerloo brown. <laughs> brown and old no. those trains yeah. are. It's not the Met. <laughs> Metropolitan life. Oh, beautiful. Where does this stop? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm in Milton Keynes. It's not London. Uh, after that, we got the Bucks interview, which we've already covered. Then we had the Gang Bang Gang, Bullet Club Gold. A lot of people have said, oh, that's a really funny joke. That's MJF's joke from like four months ago,
3: the See, Gang Bang Gang. I haven't heard people say that. I've just heard people think you're getting it wrong they're not, it's, no, <laughs> yeah that's no, the other thing people say that your thing is are very different they're not called the they're called the the bang bang Gang. Yeah. you're saying it wrong so i've been saying this but for, for about
2: four months as soon as mjf said it because yeah. i found it so funny but only the last couple <laughs> of weeks people have started hearing it and um, but they took on the mogul embassy uh of brian cage and gates of agony and they went roh six man championships i went Oh yeah. <laughs> they
3: beat Page and, and the Young Puts. Yes they did. Our oh, survival series is kicking in now. I was like, oh my god. This
2: promotion is a parody of itself sometimes. <laughs> what? why could they be here on this show? Yeah. They're changing hands again, of course. Of course. Thumb match. Um really weird seeing Jay White work as a baby face.
3: And the guns. I don't actually, like so talking to tempers about this earlier. Tempest, like, <laughs> they will not get me to cheer. Like, they will keep trying. But get behind me, Satan. I will not be cheering for the guns. Hot dog, I thought they were really good in this match. Colton Gunn's hot tag was Billy Gunn had one of the best hot tags in the Attitude Era, like when he would jump in like a house of fire. Because he's like 12 foot tall and just like the statue of a man. People would just bump around him and he'd look awesome. Colton's got the same thing. He looked awesome. Awesome in this baby face hot tag.
2: I think Austin's uh, sort of facials, you know, the last couple of weeks when he's been,
3: oh, maybe the acclaimed, that
2: is a good idea for a partnership. That baby face selling from him. And then Jay White gets this hot tag. And I'm like, surely you've never had a hot tag. <laughs> How You can't have practiced this. Yeah. And he had this great hot tag. And in a really nice poetic moment, Prince Nana keeps on trying to interfere. And then Anthony Bowens, from the acclaimed, stops Nana interfering. Jay White hits the Blade Runner to win. New yeah. six-man champs.
3: I ha- I figured they were there to win these titles because it sets up, you know, they're kind of working with the trios champions at the moment, the AEW trios champions, or they're trying to form the Supergroup. So I was like, oh, then win the ROH six-man titles. Kind of fits into that nicely. Also, before the match started, Excalibur was like, Jay White's first American run was in Ring of Honor and he never won gold there. Uh, so let's see if, that, and I was like, "Alright, oh, so, he, so he's winning gold here now as the Excalibur. Yeah, I saw someone on there just say like, mogul Embassy on TV, that means they're losing. God, I think you missed Collision where they beat The Righteous. <laughs> oh yeah, Righteous on TV, they're losing. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
2: it's like, who <laughs> who can lose more? It's Schrodinger's pin. <laughs> um, yeah, I, when this started, I thought, oh my God. A couple of months ago, Jay White, you know, he's done the C2, the main event of the pay-per-view, and here he is fighting for the Ring of Honor six-man titles. What have they done with him? By the end of the match, I was really into it, I like the story they're telling, and I'm curious and interested to see where these two factions who seem to be getting friendlier but have different promotions versions of the same belts. There's a lot of fruit here to
3: sow? Uh, oh, isn't that
2: a lot of fruit here to... Do
3: you, do you sow fruit?
2: Make cider of?
3: Yeah. What do you sow? Low-hanging you, fruit. You, you reap what you sow. You sow seeds. Mm. So there's lots of seeds. And then
2: you take the low-hanging fruit that comes from those seeds. That's right, yeah. yeah.
3: Do you know what this has got uh, written on it? Perhaps this is me projecting hopes and dreams and wishes. Uh, it's total Unification.
2: Yes i would like that one set of six-man belts oh not a 12-man title no you, you merge the two <laughs> the 12-man championships they're one six-man group now
3: it's like my survival series I <laughs> 12 on 12 match uh yeah i i could do with less of the belts oh, so yeah. a, a total unification match for revolution would would suit me to the ground
2: after that, we had the Colin Wardlow backstage segment. Then we got Diana Perrazzo versus Anna J. Tony Storm was out on commentary. She's very funny, as usual.
3: Yeah, she was so great. It was like, lovely to see you all again. Man in the Mask, which obviously is a regal line. Man in the Mask, the Tasmaniac, and Tony Schiavone. So lovely to see you again. You're looking so much healthier. <laughs> Have you been working out? You look younger. You look like you've lost weight. You've shaped that awful beard as well. You're just looking fabulous. And then it's, it's, Taz Pops was like, got rid of that stupid earring as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh yeah, that thing was ghastly, a ghastly earring. And Excalibur, obviously, not wanting to join in with the bullying, but also literally get bullied himself, just went, yeah, it was rubbish. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then it cuts, like, occasionally you get the, the shot of the commentary desk. Tony Storm is just stroking Ian Riccobani's head <laughs> like he's her cat. And Rick and Barney's face is like mm. <laughs> It was really fun stuff. Yeah. I I you know I Tony Storm's character isn't actually for me, but I do enjoy her interplay with with Taz
3: mostly. Taz uh during one of the comment I think it was during the commentary of the tag match, the uh, the Penta uh, tag match early in the night. Um obviously they're referencing Hook in the main event. And they said, Yeah, Taz, big night for you tonight. And Taz goes, What am I wrestling? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh yeah, Anna Jay was pretty good. This is more of just a showcase for Deanna Parrazzo. Yeah, uh, I love her finisher. The, the something to... The, the, uh, it's Italian, she, but she she yeah. hooks both arms behind it. It's a submission finisher. It, it's
3: kind of like the, the Rings of Saturn. <clears throat> yeah.
2: And or the Batista bite. Afterwards, René, again, of course, gets in the ring and they do a little promo. prazo says that she's the best technical wrestler. And this spark fired up Tony Storm from commentary. She stood, no, sat rather, on Luther's shoulders and said, you're an artificially tanned hag. And I ought to get in that ring and suck you right in your box. (laughs) Suck, like suck, like I'm going to suck you one, suck you you one." And it cut to the ring and Renee and Dionne seemed to break. To me, it looked like a forced break. Didn't look like a genuine break. But yeah, it was quite quite a line. They just haven't... because it's
3: you know. Mm. Oh, sorry, what?
2: I believe they were giggling because it was like she was threatening mm. to perform oral sex on her. Oh right, yeah, mm. suck like a run in the suck like a run in the box. Well, it's it's suck right, not suck. Yeah, but it sounded.
3: But but otherwise, why would it be so funny? I don't know, but are you are you sucking on boxes? Is that is that what that's you're? Not,
2: that's not how. No, yeah, no. I, I
3: don't think. I'm not sure that's how it works. Imagine
2: if it was a men's feud and they just went, "I'm going to suck your dick."
3: <laughs> John, I'm going to suck you right in the dick. Oh, I'm going to okay. suck you <laughs> right in the <laughs> dick. You, and you, a royal God. rumble. <laughs> 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 I thought Tony Storm was very good in this. Yeah, yeah it was good. And uh, they just started throwing shoes at each other. Uh, Peraza looked good in the in the match itself. Um, uh, I, I quite enjoyed her line afterwards, like. I've known Tony Storm for years, but you're not the Tony Storm that I remember. But I'm also not the Deanna Perazzo that you remember either. I'm the best technical women's wrestler on the planet.
2: I'm excited for the match. I'm just sort of apprehensive about where they
3: go, because it feels
2: like Perrazzo's going to beat her. Dude, I
3: can tell you where they're going (laughs) to go. Tony Storm is going to beat her at Revolution, and then Perazzo will have matches on Rampage. And then occasionally, and I say matches, you know, a match Mm -hmm. uh, on Rampage, She'll probably form a tag team. Oh, yes. With. Oh. Uh, she'll form a tag team with Tyre Valkyrie. Um, and they will have one match uh, every two months on Rampage. Mm-hmm. And then every now and again, she'll return to action on Collision. Love it. And that's how it will be advertised returns to action on Collision.
2: Speaking of returning to action, we got Top Flight and Private Party next. Two teams who have had partners who have been out of action for ages. It was the battle of the teams. They keep getting derailed by injury. Yeah, but it was really nice to see them wrestle. Like I really like Private Party. Um, They're so cool. Oh my god! Is that Private Party? Private Party. (laughs) And. They they worked a really nice match, actually. Initially, they're shown respect for each other. They both know what each team's gone through. Respect for each other's high-flying skill. Quen, um, Mark Quen looks great. He did these three dives to the outside. Gin and juice, but Dante makes the save. Quen rolls him up and grabs the top rope so I
3: th- I think to get was, the finish. I think it was Darius. Or was it Darius? That they, they got the pin on, and obviously that's... I think I'm right on that, which is key to because mm. Darius was the one who'd been injured in Private Party, being yeah. in, sorry in Top Flight, being pinned by Mark Quinn, the injured party of Private Party. Uh, their first pa- their first match in 13 months, Private Party as as a as an act because obviously Isaiah cassidy has been tagging with the uh, the Hardys. And I over the you know on on Monday watched the return of TNA and uh, a TNA pay per view that at the end of it, at times I was like. That really felt like TNA. And during this match, I thought I was like, this feels like AEW. <coughs> yeah. Because it's it's private party, it's top flight. It just felt like AEW of old in a way. It was odd, but like great. Like this is kind of what you want out of Dynamite. Definitely.
2: And it wasn't just a match. There was a bit of substance there at the end.
3: Because Top Flight are like. Why did you cheat, man? And Quinn's like, "Well, I didn't cheat. Oh, I didn't cheat." I, I, and they were putting it on They're like, "What? What did he hook in the ropes, mm. or did he just fall into the ropes?" I like this suggestion here as well um, that John <coughs> Perazzo tags with Serena Deeb. Oh, yep, technical Cause, wrestlers. Because Deeb also is going to come back, have a match with Tony Storm, and lose, and then she'll need something to do after that.
2: When Perazzo said, "I'm the best technical wrestler," I thought Deeb was going to walk out. Anyway, our main event we had Hook versus Samoa Joe. Excalibur says at the start, we've taken our final break. This is going to be ad-free, this main event. The whole presentation and build-up of this was magnificent. Hook's entrance was awesome. Joe entering with the belt, Hook not looking at him. He's in the corner, face to the camera, back to Joe. Joe's in his corner. He's looking right at Hook, and he's hungry. His chest is heaving.
3: with that belt there it was like oh my god this feels like tna the best tna joe i thought the exact same thing in that top flight match i was like this feels like aew this felt like tna samoa joe the samoa joe that i fell in love with the the tna the samoa joe that made me want to go watch ring of honor samoa joe and then i fell in love with ring of honor samoa joe and it's just become one of my favorite wrestlers the samoa joe that made me so sad at his wwe run because he was never we'd resigned ourselves to being like oh it's It's because he's older now. He can't be like he was in TNA and Ring of Honor. It's just, he can't do that anymore. No, the company was stopping him (laughs) from being that Samoa Joe. Even NXT. Yeah. Where people are allowed to be more of an indie style. They got Joe wrong. They got, just kept getting him wrong. And now he's, he's gone back to the indies and, or an AEW, sorry. (laughs) But he just feels like Samoa Joe again. And when he did that, Uranagi into the announcer's table, and he strutted around the ring while everyone's going Joe, Joe, Joe. I was like, "This is. Keep, I want him to keep the belt forever."
2: Yeah, which is not something I was prepared for. No, I said last week, I think they should build Joe up as just here's the hits, and every week just have him come out and do this match because he's awesome at it. I just want to see Joe kill people. And then maybe they get 30 seconds of comeback. But then he kills them. And that's what I said. And you were like, well, you know, you could do that. And I was like, have him beat top guys every week. <laughs> John Moxley, throw away the match. <coughs> but th- this is kind of, this is roughly what I was saying. Yeah. In terms of the style of match. And I think if he just has these every couple of weeks, this could be a great run where Pete- and a genuine draw. Because people will want to watch the match. Like people want to watch the Brock Lesnar suplex match. Yeah. I want to see this every week and I don't think I can ever get bored
3: of it. Nope. I mean, I've been watching this match for, you know, nearly twenty years and I've never got bored of it. <laughs> but we
2: haven't. We had it for like it's such an easy idea to get right. The the Samoa joke but everyone just refuses
3: to do it. But you know what? You're actually, you're bang on the banana there because I said I've been watching this 20 years. I watched it for six months in TNA and then they TNA'd him. Then they gave him a face tattoo and a machete. (laughs) And then started having just competitive matches. Oh, Oh. Vince Russo just, and then Bischoff came in and did it even worse, remarkably so. So yeah, you're right. This is the the Joe that I want. And I think this is perfect. And when they announced this on Collision uh, and Dan and I did the review of that show and I said like, what I really want is like a a match that's going to make hook look awesome but joe look dominating and that is exactly this is exactly the match i wanted out of hook versus samoa joe and you you said that moment like hook was there like not looking at him but joe was there heaving and hungry and hungry he wasn't ready for hook to fire out of the corner all of a sudden he's in defensive mode of being like whoa this kid's coming at me and then in like battling outside the ring and he urinagis him into this table struts and insie is like no i'm samoa joe Never in doubt, never in doubt. Always looked like he was in control, but didn't take into consideration that Hook has got some fighting spirit in him. Mm -hmm. And that took him by surprise because it's like, gets him in the ring, hits a big move on him. That's the finish right there. Pin. Oh, kick out. All right, I'll I'll pick him up and I'll hit another big move. He's
2: valley driver, that second one.
3: This'll be it. One, two, kick out. I was like, all right, fine then, kid. I'll hit you with the muscle buster then. You've made me do this. I didn't want to do this kid, but you've made me do this. Muscle busters him and Hook kicks out at one. I jumped out of my chair. Oh
2: my God, what a spot.
3: It was incredible.
2: And then that starts Hook's comeback and he has this amazing comeback. The crowd went nuts for a T-bone suplex, gets in the red rum, but then Joe turns it into the kikina clutch. He's a Samoan submission machine and hook passes out
3: and again that's because and i i'm sure there are people who'll be like where's the psychology where's the psychology that is the psychology mm. of this what hook had in that final moment there was the last remaining remnants of his fighting spirit, and he used all of that for that flurry but it was not enough to rock, lock, lock in the red rum properly because he's been battered around the ring enough also joe's way bigger than him and Joe then transitioned that and just to complete took him out. So Joe never looked like he was mm-hmm. in trouble. Mm-hmm. And Hook just used every single thing he had left within his fighting spirit to do this. This is like it's it's almost New Japan 101. But I I loved him. I thought yeah. they I, they hit every single part of this brilliantly.
2: It's uh, probably is. I'll have to watch it again, and I haven't seen Carter Danielson yet. But I've seen most of the big New Japan matches this year. Yeah, this this was better than a Carter Osprey. This this is my favorite match of the year so yeah. far. I loved it. Um, so afterwards Joe he's passed out Joe walks off Joe 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 Hook gets to his feet <clears throat> kind of like that Roosh selling the C2 where he's you what, happened? Me. what happened <laughs> right, hey, come back here so Joe obliges gets back in muscle buster walks out Hook's up again come on hmm. and he goes in again did he hit another muscle buster no, after that, that? that's
3: where Hangman Page came <coughs> out to, to effectively make the save
2: yeah Hangman Page made the save Joe's like okay I'm I'm a smart guy and then Joe sees Swerve just watching in the crowd, looking cool. And then Joe starts to tremble. And I just like that—that that slow realization that, oh, that hook defense wasn't that as easy as I thought. Hangman's there. He's explicitly said he wants my title. He's quite pissed off, and he's got a mustache.
3: Yeah. And Swerve also wants it. I think and he's- he just backs off and he looks scared. Yeah, because it's not just that. It's like that Hangman Page is pretty pissed off and I think he'd really take it to me. And that guy over there beat him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just, I'm, quite, I'm scared of both of these lads, really. But
2: in a great piece of visual storytelling, Joe backs off and then Hangman Page and Swerve just staring at each other. Yeah. Because they're like I think if you do do the triple threat, they're
3: going to cancel each other out and Joe can pick the scraps. I love it. I Okay, so here's the other thing I want from this. I want something big for Hook out of the back of this. Yeah.
2: You've got to follow up on this.
3: Because this is, we were sort of talking about this briefly in, in the office as well, because Sullivan was like, oh, I wasn't sure how this was going to go, because like, you know, is Hook ready to be in this position? And the, sort of, the point that we all made was like, yeah, I mean, we probably should have done this two years mm. ago when Hook was actually a hot act. Like, if anything, we've done this too slowly to get to this point. But this almost felt like we got back to where Hook was on that Rampage debut in terms of like crowd enjoyment of his work. Need to, you need to ride that. You need to, you need to get on that roller coaster right now, Danhausen team. <laughs> Overall, I gave this ninety-two percent.
2: I, love this episode. I love this main event, and I love the Bucks segment.
3: Yeah, I thought this was an. Uh, I thought this was a very good episode, capped off with an awesome, awesome main event, and I'm really excited about this young buck stuff.
2: Start voting in that poll while we read out. A big thank you to our wonderful moderators uh, on the live chat. So thank you. Oh, wait, actually, before that, no pictures, please, Shy Guy Works. Thank you very much. That's one They're of our very Patreon good, yeah, channel, as well
3: uh, at the, the $25 level. So thank <coughs> you very much.
2: And the mods, Andy, Brandon,
3: Gary, Ian, James, John, Liz, Rob. Thank you, everyone. And mod mother, and mod Jenna, mother. because Jenna never puts her name into the shadows, but so modest thank you um, modest mother <laughs> thank you mod mother jenna uh, who does a f- so our moderators basically do fabulous work because they keep all of this mm. lot in check um and that is, that is often needed because they're a rowdy old bunch yeah, in our live chats so thank you very very much uh, if you are one of our pledge members on patreon in fact actually this is going out into free feeds as well we've got a big old audio update coming on some plans we've got for wrestle talk extra
2: well it's about and
3: about pay- 25 minutes we we'll, won't we'll call it a big audio update but just me and luke chatting mostly yeah it's a, it's a 25 minute <coughs> ramble chat between the two of us it's a three minute slight announcement
2: <laughs> and me and luke talking about other things for 20 minutes
3: could have been an email mm-hmm. um but we've instead uh, made it a 25 minute podcast
2: Last call for the Omega Chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. Mayor of Painesville, Dan, because of course he's in the chat. Dustin Rhodes had a match last night. Hello, Luke. Hello, Ollie. I hope you are doing well. Great opener, right? The crowd got so loud. Dustin Rhodes is a master at this. He had to lose this to win the world title. All hail the natural.
3: Uh, Editor Rich said... You can tell this is going to be a really good crowd all night because they went mental for Dustin Rhodes. (laughs) It's like, I mean, I like Dustin Rhodes and everything, but like, he didn't need to be getting this level of reaction from the crowd. Kid Cutty says, The positives, the
2: random tag matches were a fun way to get a lot of people camera time. Wrestling throughout was your standard good AEW wrestling. The negatives, I don't think Mercedes coming is going to get two women's matches booked. The Undisputed Kingdom have been dead on arrival, and that main event, let's keep it 100, it was a squash match that tried, in quotes, to make look, Hook look like Super Cena. To kick out a Joe's muscle buster at one when it legit ended a career hurt my suspension of disbelief. Overall, good show and much love. Hashtag them boys.
3: I think the comparison to Super Cena is uh, might be slightly off
2: yeah that, uh, the,
3: the, the fighting spirit and super scene are, are two very different things well I, I could
2: I, I do get where Kid Cut is coming from I, because I, I felt a, li- a little bit of it when he got up the, the, after the second muscle buster I was like, mm. and then uh, a friend of mine also said oh why didn't Taz like it would have been so good if Taz got in the ring mm. and So I was like no that would have been terrible like you want you want Hook yeah. to sort of be his own man here um, Sorry, the Streamlabs hasn't caught your name here, so please tell the moderators and then we'll give you a shout-out. But they say, Hook has a lot of things and chief among them is heart. Maybe a slight concussion, but mainly heart. Maybe in the future we see Joe training Hook to one day surpass him and beat him for the title, but that may be a fantasy like us leaving the Jericho-Corbin.
3: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Jericho becoming the Baron Corbin of, mm. of AEW seems yeah. like... No one could have seen that coming. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, Joe's obviously got history with the the Taz family. So that's quite a nice little passing of the torch, perhaps.
2: Sir Cardigan the Warm, hear me out. Send Hook to Japan on tour or even Excursion. Even Naito had to get away for a bit before becoming undeniable. Mm. I think he's already... You go away on Excursion to establish your character. He's already got it. He's got everything he needs. Ryan V, this is the AEW we all know and love. Hope they keep the momentum going. Curious to see what's the next big storyline for AEW after Sting's retirement. Mm. Probably this the hangman swerve Joe trifecta.
3: I mean, which is also will be at Revolution. Mm. So I suppose it's the next chapter of Joe, next chapter of corporate bucks.
2: Wardlow going so, for yeah. Joe.
3: Undisputed Kingdom doing something.
2: Meeson. Upon reflection, I feel
3: it would have been better
2: if Hook put his FTW on the line in the C two, so the titles would have been FTW, Strong, and ROH. I hope Hook enters this year's C two, avenging his loss to Joe, demonstrating his year's progress.
3: Hook in the C two would be really, really interesting.
2: <clears throat> that would, but I don't. I don't understand the FTW title on the line.
3: No, I mean the only. I mean it doesn't work as well because it doesn't represent a, a brand. Mm. It doesn't represent anything. Is it's that, Taz's merch company. It's unrecognized.
2: Brett J. Rasmussen. Also, the Bucks gave being the elite to the Dark Order and stepped away from it. That could also add to their character change too. Can't wait to see where the Corpo Bucks Tony, uh, go. Car- Tony Storm is just the best. Also, Luke, we've got to give thanks to Big Boss Man. Who the man? Whipster 180 says Kenny and Jericho would have been feuding with the Don Callis family. If you'll recall, Don was having promos about both of them prior to Kenny's divertic- diverticulitis diagnosis.
3: Maybe. I mean, perhaps I'm being... I'm the naive one here, perhaps. Because I saw that Like a Dragon Street fight and was like, the end of a feud. Mm. They've they've beaten them multiple times now and they've beaten them all at the same time. That's the end of it. No,
2: that's the beginning of a
3: Jericho feud. Well, that's the problem. It's like, I don't think I thought of that. I know. Because I was naive. I was like, well, that's done now. They're going to move on to Sammy and Big Bill. Mm. Oh, sorry, Big Bill and and, uh, Ricky Starks and then they'll move on to the next thing. But maybe you're right, and Whipster's absolutely right, that there would have just been Kenny and the Callis family yeah. again.
2: Patrick Eddy says, Hey guys, hope the stream is going good. I'll be watching it later. Dynamite had good wrestling, so that's a thumbs up from me. If you could predict 2024 for TNA, AEW, and WWE in three words less slash fewer, and I mean three words, Luke, what would they be?
3: I'm always doing three <coughs> words le- or less slash fewer.
2: Oh, that's a, a tough question. We do actually spend a lot of time coming up with the pre-word, <laughs> so I don't know if we can do it on the spot. WWE?
3: um, Always getting bigger.
2: Yeah, I was going to go, gets even bigger. AEW?
3: Maintains the course.
2: Loses TV rights.
3: <laughs> uh, TNA? Doesn't make a difference. <laughs> Nothing against TNA, but this, I, by that I mean the rebranding back to TNA is not going to grow their viewership mm-hmm. in, in any meaningful way.
2: Uh, and lastly, a huge thank you to Toxic Drip nineteen ninety five who has gifted sixteen memberships. <laughs> So, yeah, Bonus Baby, Mayor of Painesville, Dan Griff, 1988, Fox Nan, Eric Clark, Annika Wilson, Mikey, Darkwing19, Bubba Fonteleroy, Garrett Morgan, Alex Bonsall, Andy Hannan, AG, Caitlin Stevens, BC
3: underscore A, and Fine Chaos. I love to see some of those names in there mm. as well because I see them so often in the, the live chats. So that's, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for the toxic yeah, trip. Thank you very much. That's great.
2: Um, well, we've, that's the end of today's show, but go over to Patreon dot com forward slash wrestle talk right now to sign up there uh, because we'll be putting our little bonus podcast up and we'll have the new wrestle talk extra for you by the end of this month which is a wrestle which is a patreon exclusive but for now I've been Oni Davis that's been Lou Going. jam that jam jam that jam